We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program, George Newbern. And we all know him from as Charlie in ABC's TV series Scandal and Brian McKenzie in Father of the Bride films. How are you, George? Thanks for stopping by, man. I'm doing good, man. Hey. I'm uh, up early over here in Los Angeles. I don't know where you are in the country. You're probably... Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Eastern. So Eastern. I've Pittsburgh. been up since... Yeah, you're, you're been up for a while. I've been up Just since 5.30. Yeah, I've been up since 5.30. Yeah, okay. I was on Clubhouse at 6.30. So there you go. That addiction mm. of Clubhouse. I'm so addicted, man. It's, what, I don't even, even know what Clubhouse is. What is Clubhouse? So Clubhouse is an audio app, okay? So you basically go into rooms, the different rooms based on specific things like podcasting or voiceover or whatever. Right. And basically what you do in those rooms, what's really cool, is it, it's 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 a, just an audio chat. So you see your face and you oh. talk audio-wise, and it's the hottest craze you gotta google it but it's invite only so george if you see my cell phone number and you want an invite just text me offline and i'll get you an invite okay because i mean it's yeah it's an awesome it's an awesome app for sure look at club i'm waiting for clubhouse to pay me for these advertisements come on now guys no but i mean they've had (laughs) people like elon musk has been on there and all these things and as a voiceover guy and even i mean it's worth already a billion dollars so you have to google it when you get a chance george but so george so basically acting what led you to voiceover Were you always a voiceover guy you know i i'm a, I'm a guy who's done a little of everything my whole career i did a, my first cartoon series uh after when i first got to la the first year i was there i did a, a, a series for a hanna-barbera called uh, pirates of dark water and i played the the protagonist in that thing it was awesome i got to work with you know jody uh, jody benson and uh the little mermaid the uh, um uh, who was it? Uh, Tim Curry and Malcolm Mc, uh, Roddy McDowell and uh, Jonathan Winters was on. I mean, it was a it was a nutty crew. It was great. It was really fun. But anyway, uh, so I started doing that, and then I did on camera stuff uh, immediately as well. And and then um, I've just sort of been doing it on and off uh, throughout my career. And the audiobook thing sort of has happened in the last six six years or so, just because I was looking for something that was um, something that I could hopefully generate and not have to rely on my agents and um, something that was uh, creative uh, and um, steady, you know, sort of steady, creative, and um, I wouldn't have to depend on someone else. So this, this fit the bill and it, and it keeps, you know, it keeps my mind active and um, it's, it's, uh, it's been great. It's a great um, anti sort of antidote to on camera work in many ways, you know? So let's kind of so, and that's interesting. I want to be a voiceover guy. I honestly do. And I, what tips would you offer me? I've learned first of all. I thought, man, this is tough. You got to read so many things, but it's really line by line. So it's very painstaking to do voiceover. It's not just like you're going to read a whole entire script. Yeah. You're going to stop I in would, between. I would, yeah, I would tell you. Yeah, it is a. And I've said it before. It's, a, it's like being a one man band. You have to. You have to. Um, analyze as an actor you have to analyze the material you have to direct yourself in the material you have to actually interpret and perform the material and you have to engineer all at the same time and direct yourself at the same time so it is like you're a one-man band uh and you have to have um really athletic um skills uh, to be able to to do it i mean anybody can sit down and read a book and put their put you know stick a microphone in front of you but you have to really envision, I think, someone driving their car or, you know, do, folding their laundry. And what, what is, you know, vocally going to get their attention, but not take the listener out of the story. So I think that's the, 
that's the challenge. It's so funny. I looked. I, I, I've been doing a bunch of books, and I finished this one about two months ago, and I've done sort of five books since then, so I had to sort of refresh myself um, about this. And I went to Audible, and I was looking. Sometimes I, I can't help but look at a review to sort of see how it went. And I was like, the first one was like, this is a terrible narrator, the worst narrator I've ever heard. And then the one right below it, best narrator I've ever heard. So <laughs> you have that you, thick skin. You yeah, you, you have Number that. Number one, you can't look at reviews. You can't look at reviews, but but um, but really, it's you can't do too much in an audio book, but you have to do enough to to engage the listener, not be annoying, because there there are a lot of narrators. I've, 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 I mean, God bless them, but I'll listen and I'll go, how in the hell can someone listen exactly. to that? Exactly, exactly. Why? Um, how? But, yeah. So you have to have kind of almost a, 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 not a boring voice, but but a, but a, a voice that's not. Um, doesn't uh, annoy and, and, and grate on someone. So almost a, a colorless sort of voice, but at the same time, a, a, an ability to characterize um, the, the action in, in, a, in, a, in a fiction. And then in a nonfiction, you know, you have to sort of bring it in a conversational way as if someone was sitting next to you telling you about Benjamin Franklin or, you know, World War II or, you know, the vaccine. And, so it's and, more, you know, it's a lot more acting. Voice <laughs> actors versus voiceovers are two different animals, it sounds like. Comple- completely. The, the audiobook, the, by the way, the audiobook world is, is its own beast. It is not at all like voiceover. It is not at all like animation. It's not like, it is its own discipline, its own thing. And I mean, it's more, in, in many ways, it's more like, um, yeah, I, I went to Northwestern and we studied, uh, I studied theater, but there was a department called uh, interpretation of literature, and it's basically you stand at a lectern and you you read you read fiction or material out loud, and you sort of personify it, but you don't dramatize it. It's a weird distinction, um, but it's it's sort of like a, it's um, almost like readers theater, you know. I mean, I could, I could, I don't know if I could do that. And you can't tell my voice because I'm coming in through a phone with you the way I have it hooked up with my mixer. So it goes to my mixer, my professional road mic, and then right. goes into the recording audio. So you can't rate my voice or anything. But on Clubhouse, I they. Tell, I can tell you right now, you've got a radio voice. I'll tell you that. Okay. Oh, and I don't even try. I don't even try to do that. Yeah. So it was, does that equate to voiceover? So, you know, well, thank you. I greatly appreciate that. But uh, people have told me that on Clubhouse. So I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I'll maybe put it out on Fiverr, you know, and then you, you know, you charge based on the number of projects and stuff, but we'll see. We'll play it by ear, uh, something for another place. But let's yeah, talk about the book. Yeah. Got... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, like life, it's, you know, you just 95% of it is showing up. So go for it. Exactly. <laughs> so again, let's talk about, uh, and or I'll do it for my clients, though. So it's, it is what it is. All right. So the voiceover acting gig you're doing is we begin at the end. So tell us about that, yeah. uh, about the book, the audiobook. Yes. Well, the, the book is it's um, it's a sort of part thriller, uh, part mystery, uh, but mostly I think it's a, it's it's sort of uh, about love and 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 loss and um, sacrifice. Really, it's um, it sort of takes place over thirty years uh, in a Northern California town about um, this uh, little thirteen-year-old girl and her little brother who are basically orphaned, and a, a police chief in town who sort of is sort of checking in on them and trying to help them while they navigate being bounced from place to place. And simultaneously, um, this police chief's best friend from high school is being re- has been released from prison for murder. So uh, you kind of find out why he was, why he went to prison, what really happened. And 
uh, it's it's pretty heartbreaking actually, but but ultimately um, affirming in in uh, sort of uh, uh, a way that that you that that families take care of themselves and different definitions of family and try to sort of stick together and, and raise each other really you know it's great it's a great book honestly. All right. Chris yeah, Whitaker, no, absolutely. And how do you like you were talking a little bit about that, but what about putting yourself in the mind of that author? Because I think it's important. Whatever the writer is thinking, the person telling the story and the characters, you really have to live them in a lot of ways. Do you read the whole book before doing an audio book or do you try to get the premise of how um, you the, I, the characters are and it, stuff? It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most books, honestly, I can't read every single page of it, but you have to know especially in a fiction you need to know where the story is headed with the story arcs and the main characters and and you know what beginning middle and you need to know what the story is um and you need to do research uh you know i need to know what the author's done and the sort of the style and the rest of it but uh honestly there's not enough time in the day to read the the amount of books that i'm doing is not enough time to read every single page i can't be up i wouldn't have time to eat or you know sleep so uh but specifically uh, with with this book, um, I don't know the, the mind of Chris Whitaker. I don't know what that is, but uh, I try to get a feel for what I think it is. And I mean, I guess that's part of the, you know, part of the quote unquote art of doing it is that you sort of interpret what you believe the the author's intention is without in you want to give a little bit of yourself, but without trying to uh, impinge on the author's uh, intention. It's it's a it's a delicate it's a delicate dance. You know, you don't want to say I'm going to make this book my own. You don't want to do that. You want to uh, channel as much as you can the the tone of the author and the writing, and and bring the story to the listener. That that's that's your job, really. So okay. All right, so let, let, let's go um, continue um, this conversation. I just love this this topic. This is a fun topic. And so yeah. what did you, yeah. so, and basically doing th- these interviews, what would you say about getting to, to voice over the whole book? What are your thoughts of the book? What did you enjoy most about it without giving it away? The story. What, what, I, what I love about the book is that it is, um, I think it is ex expertly written in terms of a uh, tone and uh, the sort of emotion. He's, he's really great at sort of getting into a character's um, life and, and the, the, the sort of inner life of these characters. You, you, you feel, you feel what it's like to be in their shoes and you have a special, a special empathy for this 13 year old girl um, as she sort of faces life. And is she's seeming seemingly really tough and cynical, but she's really just trying to survive. And I think we all feel that way in many ways. You know, you feel like that kid at that playground who's like no one's talking to. I think everybody has felt like that. Uh, and I, I get that sense from her that she's sort of the the eyes and ears of the author trying to navigate, you know, life. Most definitely. All right. So. I guess what what's coming up with you? What are other new things? I think everyone needs to definitely check out the book for sure. And I, I find I like yeah. any type of thriller for sure. But what's new with you? What what are, I know all the fans uh, well, of you, you know, want to know I'm what's going on with you. I would I would I would love to tell you that I'm you know I'm flying to Malta to do a movie with George Clooney, but that's not happening. But uh, I, I'm right now. <laughs> I've had a couple of auditions, and uh, hopefully you know maybe we'll hear something back soon on some of these. Um, I've had some I've had some jobs that may have happened in Canada, but with the quarantine, it didn't make sense to leave. So 
uh, I've pretty much just been here doing audiobooks and hanging out with my but, family. And, but um, it's good. It's work, you know. right? It's work yeah, and it pays you, right? Good. And it's good work. Yeah, That's good. the thing. Oh, people, yeah. No, no, I've people, been working, but I haven't been doing it. <laughs> but people don't understand that voice actors are worth a lot of money, guys. That's why I'm asking you these questions, because they truly are. Because the, the fact is well, that yeah, a voice it, sells everything and anything, for sure. It, it, uh, it you know, really does. You don't really realize throughout your day if you're consuming media in any way you're actually you're listening more than you're well as much if not more than you're looking you know if you're driving in your car you're listening to music and they get the radio the commercials and all the commercials on tv you're you're actually hearing what the guy's saying as well as looking so there is a ton ton of of uh, audio work out there that that uh, people don't quite appreciate you know how much a part of their lives it is you know and the audiobooks yeah, sorry. I was going to just kind of close out. Is the audiobook is now the audiobook we begin at the end is available where? Where can we check out the audiobook? Gosh, I know it's on Audible. That, that's uh, every, Audible. Every book I do is right on Audible. That I know. It's Macmillan is the is the is the publisher, but uh, it's Audible is probably the easiest way to get it. Hey, and I'm going to be rooting for you. And if you want to jump on Clubhouse and teach people tips and tricks, just go find my go to my website, neilhaley.com. My cell phone number's there. Text Love me. It. Text me. Say hi. If you Love want it. to, I'll give you an All invite right, as a- ASAP. So I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Take care. Great to you Take too. Care. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Neil Haley's show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Photographic Memory Podcast. I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Shannon Panzo. Dr. Shannon, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, as usual. How about yourself there, Neil? I'm doing great. It's, uh, again, March, starting to warm up a little bit. You know, we're dealing with different things, exciting times, busy times, and uh, excited always to have the photographic memory expert, brain management expert, and also a mentoring expert. Uh, mentoring. He does mentoring. We're going to learn about that today. So basically you're, you're a mentor and that's a lot different than coaching in certain ways. Can you define the difference between mentoring and coaching? Okay. Uh, coaching. The, the first thing that you have to remember about coaching is uh, people actually don't need to be 
qualified to, uh, they don't need to necessarily have the experience to be a coach. In other words, you can have a professional tennis player and a person that maybe coaching the professional tennis player is not is not actually a, a tennis star himself. Uh, he may be a tennis player. He may be well worth down the ranks, but he's coaching the the tennis all star. Okay, it, it's kind of contradictory. And whenever you take a look at team sports, you also uh, you also look at there's coaches for team sports. Well, where do where do we actually have a big difference between um, this type of mentoring that I'm talking about? and coaching team sports. And that is team sports always relies on uh, the team can only be as strong as the weakest link. This is why everyone has to be strong within a team. Otherwise, the weakest link is the, the best that the team can do. So that isn't really my forte at all. Uh, so really, when you're talking about coaching, you're talking about uh, development, uh, development of skill sets and things like this, uh, but it's not necessarily going to be something that is really going to uh, be life-changing, life-enhancing uh, in those ways. Now, some people will take it the step further simply because they don't understand what the difference is. But uh, look, I have heard so many different problems that come from people that uh, will get a coach and then they find out that that coach cannot fulfill what their needs are. And so they spend a lot of money with them, spend a lot of time with them, and they, they're no further ahead. Well, I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't work that way at all. That's why uh, what I do is, is mentoring. Now, there is a significant difference, even in the definition. If you, if, if you want to go on Google <clears throat> and define what the differences are between coaching and mentoring, you'll see that there are specific differences. And one of the key things is you're building a relationship. You're building a relationship so that you can walk side by side with that person, uh, leading that person through the obstacles in order to get, uh, get to where you're going. Uh, also, uh, experience. Experience is critical. So essentially, a mentor is an experienced and trusted advisor to not only yeah. provide the tools, but also to provide uh, that, that trust factor. That's interesting. So in what's the difference between a mentor and a consultant? <laughs> um, it's, it's funny you should bring that up. Uh, I had the opportunity early on to become a consultant. And I quickly found out that I didn't really want to be a consultant because in order to be a consultant, at least at least in my experience, in order to be a consultant, you needed to understand how to stretch the truth. Now, most consultants that most consultancies that I was looking at was a matter of vindicating companies in them doing what they're doing and making the stats look right and things like that in order to vindicate their actions, whether those actions be right or wrong. So that's... Uh, uh, that's a kind of a uh, 
kind of a weird little uh, little point there. But I look at consultants and I quite often uh, say, no, I don't want to go there because uh, that isn't necessarily the the honest path or the the truthful path. I'm looking for uh, truth. I'm looking at honesty. Uh, I never lie to my clients. Well, I don't lie anyhow, but I don't lie to my clients because if if I lie to them and they lie to me, I can't help them. We have to be working in truth for me to be able to help my clients. What qualities should you see in a mentor? Qualities. Well, the... Uh, <clears throat> The main thing with a, a mentor uh, is you have to have certain abilities. You have to have the ability to be flexible because you're dealing with people from, uh, I deal with people from all, all walks of life. Now you can, be a, you can be a mentor specifically for business, specifically for relationships, specifically for, uh, uh, for personal. It really depends upon the mentor. I deal with all, all levels. I deal with things on a very holistic level. So what that brings into is where does your experience lie? Well, I have a very holistic experience. It, it ranges in a lot of areas. So I'm blessed to be able to deal with so many different types of people. I deal with people from all over the world, all different religions, all different backgrounds, uh, I don't really seem to have too many limitations as to the type of people that I deal with. So that gives me a great avenue to uh, be able to help people. Uh, when it comes to tools, you're, if you're looking for a mentor, then your mentor should have a toolbox, a toolbox that they can share with you so that, so that you can become better by using that toolbox. And the mentor should know so much about that toolbox that they can show you all different ways to use that toolbox to make your life better uh, in, in, in every way. Now, whenever you have people that are professional people, they go to work. If they have a bad day at work, they bring it home. If they have a bad day at home, they take it to work. So really, you don't separate the two. You're dealing with a whole person. You're dealing with a whole individual. And that person needs to be treated holistically. What affects one part also affects another. So right. this is where this is where I really enjoy myself because I get to help individuals, not necessarily team players, right. but people that want to stand above the rest, the individuals and I get to help them on a holistic level to make all parts of their life better. Makes complete sense. And that's why the value of it is you're taking them down the road. You're making sure that you give them the tools necessary for that road, but you're not directing them to say, do this way. You listen to them and you provide guidance where they need to go next. Right. So as the way that I go about doing things, all of my mentoring is through discussion. This allows me to pick up on nuances that the individual has going on and allows me to approach things in a way which is unique to that, to that person. Uh, I have a great memory, so I can pick up on things 
two, three months down the way that were, that were in some of the original conversations and linked the two together simply through my ability to, to use my memory and pull it all together. Then we can say, hey, you've been ignoring this point. Let's take a look at it, see where it gets you. And so we can approach things in a, in a very nice way and make, a, make accomplishments where they may not exactly. have actually realized there was something there. All right. So awesome. I mean, wow, this topic, it's very interesting. The podcast can go in different directions, but where can we get mentoring right now? Where can we go? Well, the, uh, uh, there's going to be some new links being put up on ZoxPro.com, but currently, if you want to know about the, the, the mentoring, what you do is you go to brainmanagement.com. Now, that's a different site than what I usually talk about, but uh, I'll, I'll give you a warning. I do use the word coaching on that page because this is the internet and I use the word coaching for SEO purposes only. Uh, I sincerely don't like the word because it's been totally overused right. and abused. So awesome. yeah. no, I'm, a, I'm a mentor. <laughs> and it's expert.com as well. Uh, if you want to sign up for Duck Sucks Pro today for the photographic memory, mental photography, and brain management, again, ZucksPro.com for more information. And then you can check out all the different uh, social media sites for Dr. Shannon on Twitter, Facebook, and also LinkedIn. So I appreciate it, Dr. Shannon. Great episode today. Great information about mentoring. And I appreciate you coming by. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. That was the Photographic Memory Podcast. Take care, guys. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Photographic Memory Podcast. I'm excited to welcome the program. Dr. Shannon Panzo. Dr. Shannon, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. It's another sunny day here. Always a sunny day in Australia. That's not fair. But again, in Pittsburgh, we know there's not many sunny days. And Dr. Shannon, again, is a photographic memory expert, a brain management expert, and also does mentoring. Please visit him at ZucksPro.com for more information and uh, also can check him out by Googling him. So Dr. Shannon, I'm really excited about our guest today because he's going to tell us the history of just people that have been involved in your life as well and talking about brain management and how he's used brain management in his life to that has led into what the Zucks Pro method is for how he uses mental photography and some of the other processes. So I'm excited to welcome the program, Augie Nost, author, podcaster, radio host. Augie, what's up? Thanks for stopping by. 
Well, hello, hello. I am with you here from sunny Tucson, Arizona. Fantastic. So, Augie, from what I've heard from Dr. Shannon is you ran into Dr. Richard Welch as well. So kind of go into that process as we brought up in episode one about the history of mental photography, photographic memory, and how uh, Dr. Panzo learned from Dr. Richard. How did you guys, and you have trained in the brain management style, but also trained people in it back in the day? Uh, so as Augie, we could see that's why you use that anti-aging, because you sure as heck don't look how old you possibly could be. So go ahead, Augie, with the whole process of how you got learned about brain management and how to use mental photography. Oh, boy. I don't even know how to start with that one because it's such a big subject. I think it dates back close to 30 years ago when I met Dr. Welsh, um, Richard Welsh, in Omaha, Nebraska. I, was, I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and we were kind of ended up going in the same circles. And uh, he was always a kind of fun guy, an interesting guy to be around. So we kind of drew each other to each other. And we figured it out after a bit that we wanted to work together because I was dealing with some of the things uh, that he was talking about. And I went through the training course and I became a, uh, an instructor. And uh, then I ended up uh, traveling around the United States for about uh, a year or so and teaching this course. And I had some phenomenal experiences by doing that. I tell you, the, this course has done so much for me. This was close to 30 years ago, but it also helped me in a lot of the things that I've done later. I, uh, I've done a lot, and I know a lot of these things I probably would not have accomplished unless uh, it was for this. But I learned here the model and the methods of uh, structuring the subconscious mind to support what we are doing consciously from the conscious understanding and the conscious mind. So uh, I think that's how it started anyway. Very, okay, very interesting. Now, Dr. Shannon, uh, explain to me how you met Augie. And how, is that how you guys connected? <laughs> well, uh, essentially, Augie's been around uh, pretty much as long as I have been around. And, uh, and so it's nice to always hear a similar story coming from a person that is, uh, that has been affiliated in a very similar math, uh, method with regards to, uh, my mentor, Dr. Richard Welch and Augie was there teaching with Dr. Richard Welch. Uh, I, I started teaching with R Richard Welch, uh, after the fact, uh, after Augie was, and Augie had his own things that he was doing, so he moved on to those things. Uh, but he has—he definitely has some interesting stories to tell when it uh, during the time that he was actually involved in uh, in his instructorship with Richard Welch himself. So, uh, and also, I want to point out something, and Augie's already made a, a indication of this, and that is. People often ask me, Shannon, how has this actually 
uh, how has this changed your life? Well, yes, it has changed every last aspect of my life. I am leading a completely different life than I had ever presumed that I would through the use of this process. And it's a much richer life, much more, uh, much more overall wealth and, and prosperity in, uh, in the understanding that I have in the world. So, uh, so I have actually gained tremendously through this process. Augie also has made similar gains. And that's what he, he alluded to before is the fact that if it wasn't for this training and what it did for him, he wouldn't be where he is today doing, doing the things that he's doing. It would have been a completely different life for him. Uh, would you agree with that, Augie? Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I do concur in, in many, many different ways because back in the early days, about 30 years ago, so let's just back when there was Richard Welsh and me, I was, we were doing it uh, on our own out there. And uh, of course, he had some previous history where he has uh, great successes within the uh, even the you know the education system. But what we learned is that it doesn't matter where people come from okay. and what they do before, because once you learn the process, it works for everybody because pretty much everybody has the same kind of brain. And the brain is just a tool for the mind. So it doesn't just work for the brain. It also works for the mind. So the two of them together create something that uh, normally people would think would be impossible, how we can use the mind. And uh, yeah, you mentioned that I, I have some stories. Boy, do I have some stories. Uh, there is... Uh, I, I don't. I don't know where I would want to start. I want to. There's two stories I really like to mention because they are so, so um, de uh, descriptive of what can really happen. Uh, there was a, a class we did in Omaha where uh, there was a kid that came to class. He came on a skateboard. He was about 17, 18, maybe 19 years old. I kind of looked that way. And uh, he was so dyslexic, he could not even read hardly at all. We do a reading test and we uh, give them five minutes and see how many words they read. He was uh, pretty much down the first paragraph after five minutes and he couldn't remember a thing that he read. But when we ran him through the course at the end of the week, he was performing with the rest of the class. Uh, there was no difference. They scored in the... Uh, 85 to 95% on books that he has never seen before. And he just flew through the book at two pages a second. And this, when we give them tests afterwards, it shows pretty much those results just about every time. Now he afterwards, we were talking and he said something about, you know, I don't know what I should do is this because uh, where am I going from here? And I knew a, uh, a diamond cutter over in Antwerp, uh, the Netherlands. And I, uh, this kid had, he was doing, uh, you know, games and stuff. And he was pretty sharp, actually. He just couldn't read. And uh, I suggested, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you. So I talked to my friend over in Europe. And he was a diamond cutter. He was old and he was about to retire. And he needed a, 
somebody to work with to take over, basically, because he had nobody. And uh, I suggested to him, uh, you know, do you need, uh, um, you know, somebody to help you out? And he said, no. But I talked him into it and I suggested to the kid, go over there, work with the guy. He couldn't pay him. He wouldn't pay him, actually, anything uh, as the, for the first few months, at least, so that he could uh, learn the trade. The kid went over there and I think it was about 10, 15 years later, he got a hold of me and he thanked me because he said, I would never have been able to do what I'm doing today, he says, because he had then taken over the business and he was well over a half a million dollars, converted dollars uh, in income that he did every year. And he was very happy. See, this kid, he was here basically, I hate to use the word worthless in the, uh, the workforce because of his mind. But when he had gone through this court, learned how to structure the mind so he could work it and concentrate in the right areas where he needed to, he became an expert at what he did. And uh, wow. this is... This is really something that uh, this just this kid because this course can do away with dyslexia, and uh, that is another thing. That's crazy. These yeah. days, yeah, a lot of people have dyslexia. Yeah, this could really help. I even in ways. and that's so you were at the time when Richard Welsh really was groundbreaking in finding this right to work with kids with dyslexia. Yeah. And be able to have them that couldn't read, didn't have the ability to read, to use uh, his method in brain management to get these kids to be able to, to, to understand material. It's not read, but understand it so that they could answer questions and stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, there's another quick story that I want to mention uh, because it, uh, it relates to what I used to do. I... Uh, I, you know, I born in Europe and came out to the United States to become a uh, professional pilot. And I did that. And I flew for a living for 23 years, uh, you know, as my, uh, you know, had my own business and flight school, international air taxi and an air carrier. And uh, after I retired from that, uh, me and Richard went out to Denver and we taught the class to a flight school out there where there were mostly uh, students, actually the biggest part of the student class was from other countries. And that involves uh, language barriers and things like that. You know, you, you don't think in just by coming here, you don't think in English. You can read something in English and you're going to transfer it back to your own language to understand it. And then, you know, if you talk to someone else, you got to get out of your own language memory and translate that into English words. So this gets a little convoluted. But uh, after that, they went through the course, they accelerated phenomenally. And they started to, on their tests that they had to do for different uh, aviation certificates, they scored in the high 90s. And this became suspicious to the FAA. So they came to the school and asked them, what are you doing? Uh, your students are performing abnormally. And uh, normally, you know, that would be a negative, but in this case, it was a big positive because they're scoring so high, they were wondering if they were cheating. 
And, uh, you know, the chief flight instructor, he explained it to them, what they have done, and uh, it kind of drained away from there that uh, nothing really happened in uh, repercussions against the school because they uh, looked into uh, Zark Pro a little bit and they found that, yeah, maybe there is something here that they can do. So the FAA went away on that, but there was also things that happened at the school that uh, really enforced what uh, a um, mind that is trained in this way can do. There was one incident that uh, the chief pilot told me afterwards. We became good friends, and we were talking for months and months after that the, we did the class with him. And he told me that uh, he was in the airplane with a student. He was uh, instructor in the right seat, the student in the left seat, which is normally the captain's seat. And uh, they were in a King Air. And uh, up on top of the glare shield over the instrument panel, in the cockpit, there is a um, a row of uh, the row of uh, lights. That uh, if something goes wrong anywhere in the airplane, the light comes on and flashes at you, and it won't turn off until you push it and shut it off. And in this incident, they uh, they were in the clouds, and uh, the students were on the instrument, just looking at the instrument straight ahead. And one of the flash um, of the lights on the glare shield just flashed really quick once and then turned off. Wow. It's not supposed not supposed to do that. So they were but the student caught that and immediately when what the, the um instructor told me that either slightly before or at the time the light flashed, the student moved his hand to the thrust levers because there was on the uh, right engine that there was something wrong. So he was going to be ready to okay. move the thrust lever back and shut it off in case something happened. And uh, then, you know, nothing happened. So he also immediately moved down and pushed the uh, circuit breaker in, which was just intuition on heart, because that is non-procedure. You're supposed to wait for a second or so to see what happens on the panel. But uh, he, sh he was ready either slightly before the light flashed or at the time the light flashed to secure that engine. And this happened so quick in a matter of about two seconds. And that is also a little kind of little too quick than what normally would happen. But he was very alert. And this is some of the things that also happened. You can have a premonition, and I have had that many times, of things that will happen. I have a premonition right before, so I could be ready for it. So, Dr. Shannon, so that's part of brain management, is be able to anticipate right. things before they happen, Dr. Shannon. Is that correct? Right. Whenever you tune up the brain this way, uh, we talk about it whenever we're talking about awareness and perception, and uh, this has to do with the peripheral vision, things like this. Uh, this is exactly what happens is you start anticipating life before it unfolds actually for you. You, you can actually okay. reverse time where you actually see things happening in advance of them actually playing out. 
And this is a wonderful ability. And this is why emergency workers and such really need to uh, take this on board right. because it makes them so much more effective and efficient in their job. They can anticipate whenever a problem is going to occur. And, you know, just a little while ago, I mentioned the brain and the mind. Now, reverting back to what I mentioned about that, he may have moved his hand to the thrust levers before the light flashed. Theoretically, according to Newtonian physics, he should not have had that right. warning. But quantum mechanics explains it because in uh, in the uh, in the equations of quantum mechanics everything is connected because we are also through the mind not just the brain but the mind we are also connected to the future and the past and quantum mechanics backed me up on this so what the student felt he felt there was something wrong with the right engine and he reached for the thrust levers and then the the light either flashed at that time or slightly before, as the, uh, the chief pilot told me. So this is explainable. Right. And uh, it's not easy to understand, but it is explainable uh, using quantum mechanics as a backdrop for your understanding of it. Excellent. Oh, wow. This is just very, very interesting information. Dr. Shannon, Anything else to ask Augie before we're close to running out of time? We could go into three parts with Augie regarding brain management. Okay. Well, what if um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to brain management, mental photography, and and the things, uh, what what would you consider the most important part of of what is what is presented here? Uh, the most important part is probably what well, for myself is a two part. First of all, access to information and memory. Because when you fly through a book at two pages a second, going through it in five minutes, uh, you take a mental picture of those pages totally bypass the conscious mind, stick it into long-term memory, and there it is. Just like anything else when you want to, uh, you don't walk around every day knowing everything in long-term memory. If you did, you couldn't do anything. You'd be flushed. But when you start using the triggers, you can bring all of that out of there. Just like any other book that you sit down for three days and read, you have access to it. And this is something, the, the one year that I uh, traveled around uh, teaching the course, I probably read anywhere from 1,000 to about 1,200, 1,300 books that wow. year. And... Uh, of course, I'm using the word reading because uh, it's the word beyond. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing anymore. The thing, 12 to 1300 books. And Dr. Shannon explained yeah. to me in one of the other episodes, if you are reading three different types of things, it's harder to, to understand it completely. You really have to pick the right books to read, right? Or to, to photograph. Isn't that right, Dr. Shannon? It can't be three of the same option. That's indifferent. Well, there, we have, we have ways of dealing with that. Uh, 
basically, let's say you're photographing three dictionaries and uh, one's red, one's green, one's blue. Well, we can actually utilize the color of the book to disseminate which one is which so that you're not mixing up the files. So it's like literally like a filing system. And, and that's how it's approached. You're literally plugging in a file of that entire book uh, into, into where you're going. Wow. This also accommodates you learning multiple languages. And we have people doing okay, this. Okay, how well. many languages do you know, Dr. Shannon? Uh, well, fluently only, only one English because that's all, I've, all I really feel that I, I need at this time. But the point, uh, the, the point is, is I've photographed multiple languages. I just haven't uh, had the opportunity to go out there and situate myself with recall. So gotcha. that's fine too. All right. All right, Dr. Um, I mean, uh, Augie, best place we can connect with you, purchase your books and learn more about you. Where can we go? Okay. Well, a good place to connect with me is through one of my websites. It's called Broadcast Team Alpha. Broadcastteamalpha.com. And also on YouTube under Broadcast Team Alpha. And uh, there is one book there that uh, probably uh, um, I've written a few. And uh, one of them that I maybe want to mention because it can help people a lot in a lot of areas of their life. And that is called Spiritual Science, Higher Conscious Thinking, and How to Access the Universal Consciousness. What I do in there, I teach people how to use their minds in ways that you normally would think would be impossible and gives them also a, an understanding of how the universe works and why it works and also what we are. I said what, I don't mean who, right. because when it really comes down to the science of it, there is no who, there is only what we are. And up for Dr. Shannon, ZuxPro.com, right? ZuxPro.com and BrainManagement.com. Those two. Right. Right. Awesome. Well, appreciate it. And, and I have, and I have my own book on consciousness as well. Yeah, I'm reading it now. Uh, we'll, so we'll, we'll have to we'll, talk about a portion of the book on next episode. I've read a couple pages. I'll be prepared for our next episode to go into the book. a little bit. Okay, <laughs> okay. So you'll see well, how's my memory without photographing things, but reading them. So I appreciate you guys both uh, stopping by the, uh, the photographic memory podcast. It was a great show. And uh, unbelievable information. It makes everyone want to go to ZucksPro.com right now. But if they're interested in mentoring as well, go to ZucksPro.com as well. I'll take care, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. That was a photographic memory podcast. Hey.